Torah that I want to share with the guys and bring it to our own lives and bring it to aspects of our lives that aren't relevant to Limerat Torah. Many of the students that are not relevant to Limerat Torah, to other aspects of our life. So we're going to talk about an art in Limerat Torah, a talent and an ability how to learn, and then to take that skill and bring it to other aspects of our life. I'm going to talk very specifically about Rosh Hashanah, but allow, allow me to drive on the merit to get there. Rav Aaron David is, is a Yidin Eretz Yisrael, one of the Rosh Hashivas, one of the Ramim, one of the Rebbeim in the Mir, that, that many guys from here, I'm Zoyche Tavikesher to him, many, many, some of my children have a close Kesher to him, and many guys who learned in our precious Yeshiva are Talmidim of his. Here's a person who's a massive Talmud Chacham He knows a tremendous amount of Torah very, very well, really incredible amounts and he has an art that at first when you see it is almost peculiar he'll read a Rashi that all of us have learned many times and he gets amazed by the Rashi he's like and you I, I learned with him I was to learn every Friday and the things that leave an impression on him I like learned that already and I'm like okay you know I know already, and he sees it and he's blown away. Now it speaks about a person, there's something called a lave evan, a stone heart, and a lave busser, and a very feeling heart. He is, does have a lave busser, and there's a sugya how to get a lave busser. There's a whole sugya how to become a feeling person. A lot of people become very hardened. They build walls through their life and they develop a lot of walls. A lot of pretending hardens our heart and it's hard to be real and to be nishtaymim. I told Reb Chaim Brim that my aunt was sick and he started crying. And I saw he had a very lave buster, just a very feeling person. He's told something, he doesn't have tons of walls. There's an honest, authentic reactions. He's told something sad, he cries. He's told something happy, he fills with the Simcha Sachaim. So there's a sugi of a lave busser, of a very feeling heart. And certainly, Rev. Aaron David's response to Tyra is somebody who has a lave busser. So I do think some things we hear don't leave an impression just because we, our hearts are not always so available to be impressed. I think when a person lives very authentic, lowers a lot of guards, is willing to be very vulnerable and real, it's much easier to, have, to, to then feel when somebody says a shtickle Tyra. Abacher was describing to me very recently certain insecurities he felt. Chaim, he was describing his insecurities as Abacher was describing, and I was so happy that he was comfortable to admit we all have insecurities. Me, you, and every single guy here, we're human. Frail human beings who feel uncomfortable at times, who aren't so sure. We now to pretend... And some of us are better at, we're comfortable at, we're all, not, does everybody have the same layer of insecurity? No. And certainly the ones who have it less are able to be okay with what they feel. We're human. And to be human is to have anxieties. To be human is to be insecure. We're just, we're human beings. 
and I was so happy this Bachar was able to drop guard and express insecurities that he had. I was like, Shalom Aleichem, I also have my insecurities. When we have a Friday night Suda, you know how many guys have a tough time walking into the dining room? Where do I sit? Who are the guys? Where are my car? And everybody can, if you're human, you could relate to that. We don't all have a tough time walking into the dining room. But we all can relate to insecurities and to questions of being in our own mind, thinking how the other person thinks about me. We all can relate to that when we get comfortable with our human side, with our frailty, and then we accept it and work and respond. That's a healthy, functioning, flourishing human being. When we build unhealthy walls and denial and not in touch with feelings and experiences that we have, so then we have a very big leva evan. We tend to get a stone heart when we engage in whether it's flight behaviors or any other type of behavior which doesn't put us in touch with what we're feeling. So then we develop a leva evan, a very stone heart. And it's hard to be impressed by things we experience. Mm-hmm. So one aspect of Rav Aaron David reading a Rashi and losing his mind is he has a lay buster. He's a very, very feeling heart. But I, there's something else that he's able to do because even if you have a lay buster, but I heard it many times, I've seen that Rashi so many times, so even a feeling heart, which you could say the Rashi's amazing, but I've learned that so many times wouldn't even a lave or get used to this and not be so nishtaymin from the Rashi, not be so dazzled by the Rashi shui. So one aspect and an element necessary to be impacted by Tyre is to have a lave busser, is to have a very open heart that's willing to feel, that's willing to be impressed on. You have to take down a lot of walls. The w- more walls we have up, the more fakeness, mind you, the more we have up a feel, you know, just creating like impressions of security of we're, we're fine, we're, we're, we're like just, we're robotic. The less we're willing to be human and frail and have all human feelings, the less we have walls, the more our hearts are lave busser. One of the goals of the yeshiva, one of the goals of yeshiva, if we're successful, is to produce a lave busser. A guy should graduate from here with a lave busser. A lave busser is a heart that feels. And he's told something, you have to take a lot of walls down. And then you're told something sad and you feel sad because you're not pretend, you're not built up. How many times do we stifle tears and I just, this doesn't, just like hold them back. Why are you holding back tears? Cry. Because it's not the way, what's he going to, this is so embarrassing. But a lay buster was willing to take down walls who's secure enough. We're human, we're human being. And willing to be human, so you could produce a lave busser. And it's, it's a sogi of producing a lave busser. And certainly when I witness Rev. Aaron David learning Tyra, I see a lave busser, a very, very feeling heart. But there's a whole other sogi that I want to express that, that's on top of the lave busser. And what's on top of the lave busser, safe trip, thank you for being here. What's on top of the lave busser is, is a second aspect. And the second aspect that exists is that through our life's experience, we change. We have new experiences, we grow up. And when he learns Torah, he's learning very present, Akiva. 
He's not learning yesterday's Gemara and yesterday's person. He's very present. It's a very cool experience to learn with him, Yervarin David. You can watch the way he processes Torah, what it's saying to him today. I'm different than the guy who learned the parasha last year. He learns very present and he's there. And the parasha has something to say now to me. You could see, you, you know, if you ever learn, one of the hardest chavrusas in the world to learn with is somebody who has notes from the last time they learned the Masechta. And they're like, read their notes, it's deathly. A Rebbe who's saying shiurim from his old notes, death, death. Any, I, I, I want to tell you a story of my life, Menach. Menach, I want you to hear this. I was once at a speech Please listen to this interest. I was once at a speech of a famous speaker, and he repeated a speech that I had heard him say word for word elsewhere. And I was convinced I exposed the fraud. <laughs> like it was his unfortunate thing. I was at a different one of his speeches. I mamish was convinced I was, I was like the hero. I had a whole plan, my expose, the word of the expose. What does expose mean? Expose. What's the definition of expose? Which word? E X. No, no. Expose me. No, my bad. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's not that bright. Serious. <laughs> tripping out. We ought to just we ought to just Google it. Expose. Here, listen. Listen. Expose. A report of the facts about something, especially a journal a journalistic report that reveals something. Scandalous. If you reveal a scandal, it's called an expose. So, my, I, Chaim, I had already, I was ready for my expose. This, I really, and a famous person, I nailed him. He said the speech, right? The jokes were the same. Now, at the time, I was convinced. Now, I've grown up, and how many speeches? Let's say I have four and a half speeches. Wherever I go, say the four. I, why would I even try something? I, I don't know so much else. Yeah, so you say the four and a half things you know. There's nothing wrong with that. The 400. The question is, the question of Ezi is the person present. It can't be yesterday's Torah, Akiva. It has to be that you're connected to it today. Looking back. The fact that he repeated word for word a different speech, excellent. As long as he's present the second time he said it. Now, if, when he said it, I, this, is a, this is subtle. If when he said it, he was saying that speech, then we might as well have a tape recorder, not bring the guy down. Just so a video. And there's a power that a person's there living. I know when I say a speech and I said yesterday's speech, it doesn't go he into the guys. He has to be feeling it, connected to it, and there'll automatically be nuances. There'll be emotions, yes. There'll be emotions there that are different than the last time because it's hitting him different, the same Torah. And if a person's very present when they learn, David, if they're very present, they'll hear things that they didn't, it didn't hit them. Anybody who davens very present, Today's feel is very different than yesterday. I'm, different things are on my mind today. Different brachas like matter a lot. Different things like even pull you in because I'm feeling different today than yesterday. So Shui, the way he learns of Aaron David is very present. And what hits him today is different than what hit him yesterday. 
it's, it's Pashat like that. We could read Parshas in the Torah. I'm going through something. A parasha I learned could be, I can't believe it. Something resonates because I learn with my issues. I want a guy to come to his Seder with his issues. It's interesting. Sometimes you think, okay, push away. You should actually come to prayers with your issues. You should come to Tyra. Tyra, bring your problems. If a guy had a rough date Wednesday night, he should bring the rough date the first Seder Thursday morning. He should bring it. Bring it with him. He sh- she shouldn't be there, but his... his <laughs> The mindset, because Tyra is talking to the guy. I'm sitting down as a guy who had a tough time last night. Yeah, I don't say she should come I to know, first aid. <laughs> first aid is going to look awfully funny tomorrow. Like the next time we have a whole lake with Chabura here, we're going to have like double the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready to <laughs> I don't know if we have space. We'd have to minus uh, two sections here. Yeah, that's not the problem, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the space is not the issue. <laughs> we'll have more Shavu Brachs in Yeshiva. It's a good Zach. Right, that's good. <laughs> the <laughs> Ketzer is that the guy should bring himself to the learning. And you'll, in a very real way, the Torah will talk to you. It talks very present to the person. I've seen Revar and David learn, and he's learning very present. As you are what you're going through, read the Torah, you'll see things will talk to you. You'll notice things. You're a person who's gone through today's event. Davin presently, learn presently, and you'll see things will resonate. You'll hear things. Things will matter to you in a very, very real way. It was interesting. I, I asked Ilan to share his Chabura with me that he said to the Chabura, he said a beautiful Chabura, and I want you to know the lumdus he said spoke to me in my life, not in any forced way, in a very practical way, he's very honest. It was like unbelievably relevant to my life, amazingly relevant to my life. We had a Yid who came for Shabbos who recently texted me, he's a beautiful Yid, and he said never to use the word unbelievable. He said words impact, and he'd correct. He didn't like the word unbelievable, because it is believable. He said, say amazing, not unbelievable. He came for Shabbos. Remember him? He just texted me last week. Rev Shur, the year with the cane. Oh, no, I wasn't here. He didn't like the word unbelievable. He's a very fascinating kid. So I try, I correct myself. Unbelievable, you say amazing. He says, not unbelievable. It is believable. It's just true. <laughs> See, it's exact with words. I like that. But the kitzer, Shui is is as one is to learn with a lave busser, is to learn with an honest, open heart, and the second is to bring yourself very, very present, and allow to be impacted today. So I want to talk, and there's so many areas of our life that would be better if we would allow to express and connect today. I had this pet thing, I had this thing with Tishabab that many of us had a very loser mentality, sorry to say it, not in a classy way, that we can't connect to Tishabab, except Hashem told us to listen to the Chacham and we have a Tishabab. So then we can connect to Tishabab. I don't like a loser's mentality, defeatist mentality. We can't, get, that's ridiculous. Let's connect to Tishabab. And if we have a Tishabab, so then it can mean something because God gave it to us. So many people come Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur 
and adults had attitudes that would develop when they were six. When we were little kids, Rosh Hashanah, the long davening was hard for us, 100% true. Even when we were young teenagers, even a 14-year-old, it's a long davening. And I don't say when we're 18 and 20 and 25 and 45 and 50 that it's not a long davening, we still have a 12-year-old in us. There's still a kid in us, but I say if we're not present people that allow to connect to something as a present person, we can only engage it as a youngster. I want to talk to you for a minute about something I discovered as a young, as a young person here, and I'm in a little bit, dis- I want to talk about a counter to this. I was a youngster here, discovered Abacher was very, very mad at his father. He hated his father. And it bothered me why he hated his father. The Abacher was 17 years old, brilliant, brilliant. And his father clearly wasn't normal. And why would you hate the man? The man clearly couldn't do better. Why would you hate him? Now you could say, but he still hurt me. But intellectually and even emotions, emotions can understand that. So I thought maybe just emotions are crazy, emotions don't respond to truth. But you know your father's crazy, why doesn't that affect your emotions? And it took a long time to figure this out, to, to us and now it's Pasha to me. And the answer is if he was born at 17, he would not hate his father. Because he intellectually understands that his father is not normal. So emotionally he would follow that intellect. The problem is he was once 12. And when he was 12, he didn't know his father was crazy. And you don't find out and you're healed. Ah, he's crazy. Better. Because the tw- there's a whole sogya of how to heal that child in you who was hurt and didn't know he was crazy. So there's a sogya. You need to process it and work through and update the inner child. This is called inner child work. This is a very real, simple concept and a true concept. What I want to say is part of the healing is allowing also for an 18-year-old to feel. At least that should be inside of a person, the 12-year-old, and an 18-year-old perspective. There are some people that don't revisit a sugya as a 17-year-old. Now, it doesn't mean because I process 17, the 12-year-old sugya will disappear, <coughs> but it means I'm still processing things. I'm connecting and relating. A lot of us decide things and never reanalyze. How many people never reanalyze Torah? They never re... You know, we learn the eight Hadas. How many people, I was by Rai Shapiro Shir yesterday. I'm not, I, I don't want to go, I'm going to say very briefly the Torah. What really got me is he's thinking about the Torah in his 40s. How many of us settle? Rai Shapiro was talking about that when we heard Hashem talk, Anoichi Hashem what happened? He asked the class, what happened? A voice rang out, Anoichi Hashem How did we know it was Hashem? How did we know it was Hashem? So it was very, we were probably looking for the loudspeaker. Might none, is there a ventriloquist amongst <coughs> us? Such a loud voice. How did we know it's Hashem? Maybe somebody figured out a trick and made a very loud voice. Explained Ray Shapiro to the guys that it was not process of elimination. Well, it can't be a person. None of us speak that loud. So it's probably Hashem. He said that's not called prophecy. 
One time in our life we were shown Hashem, Klal Yisrael, who knew everything we know, said, Zekeli, we saw Hashem. They pointed and said it was Hashem. Do you, is this a table because of process of elimination? Should we? It's a table because you know. There's something called to know. Do I, can, do, should I prove to you I'm seeing a table? I don't have to. I don't feel, well, it can't, it can't be. That. No, I know it's a table. There's something called knowing. It's very deep what it means to know. We knew it was Hashem. I can't even imagine. How could that be? I don't not even sure. We hear it. Hashem said, Hashem. They heard it in a different way and they heard Hashem say it. I'm not even sure it was sound like we're used to sound being. That's why it says they heard, they saw what we, what we usually hear. If you, it's a visual that was, Hashem doesn't have vocal cords. Now you say it was an inner voice, what they were hearing things. No, no, they knew. They knew. Now we never, me and you never had this experience. The best way we could hear it is God spoke to them. I can't even fathom what that God and three million normal people who know science and evidence, who know, they're just, and they said, no, 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 we saw Hashem. You, I don't, it's like wild what that means. We heard Hashem say, it's like wild. There wasn't a loud voice and nothing else was probable. And that's, we could look at a leaf today and it's very, it's, 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 it's God to say, it, you look at the world, but that's, that's a lower level. There's such a thing. Anybody who studies this world it's very far-fetched. There's no, there's no creator and organizer. Anybody who sits in a room, you have to be like Azam Maimon to say there's nobody organizing is, is, is crazy. There are much lesser things that speak. The organization says there was, I see a can, somebody designed a can. It's not so complicated. So we know there's Hashem, but that's a lower level. That's not nevuah. Prophecy is to know. It's not to deduce. It's not to eliminate other possibilities. It's to know. So my point being, we could talk about this, I probably lost the chevra, the rest of the speech, you're going to contemplate that. Mm-hmm. My point was that he reanalyzed oh, yeah. Maimon Arsinai as an adult. He stopped being a kid, he analyzed Maimon Arsinai as an adult. An adult person, and then how many people stop thinking about it further? I learn about it when I'm eight, and the rest of my life I relate to the eight-year-old. It's extremely important to revisit and to put an adult understanding and then we grapple. I was once a kid and I have to work with that. And that's there, but it's important to have that ability to review it, be present, be a person who relates today. There are so many people who Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and I want to talk practically, would be an incredible experience for them. Literally, a beautiful, if they give it a chance, you have to convince people, but I mean, I, I'm bored. You were, you were six. You were, you were 14. If you would allow for an opportunity as an adult to reconnect to something, to give it a chance, and to see presently my connection, it would actually be a remarkably moving experience. I have found, and, and, and what I want from guys is to connect to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. To not, it's true, we were all kids one day. And the deep association is just boring, Rosh Hashanah, long day. We're not kids anymore, we're older. And it's, we can handle, yeah, it's a day in shul, it's true. And I'm not saying we're not still that we get impatient, but we're also capable of intellectually, emotionally, reanalyzing something. 
I'm very like weirded out by people. This is like a this is. I, you can't be selective with midas. There are people who don't try foods. I didn't like it when I was young. I think that's silly. I couldn't handle squash when I was a kid. I like it today. Food is not, is not we need food to live. It's this, you don't sit here darshaning about food. It's very important that squash, I didn't like it as a kid. I like it a lot today. My, you, you grow, you get older, your taste buds change, your, a lot of things change. I wouldn't eat broccoli as a kid. I love broccoli today. It's very sad, it's tragic, the person, and it's much worse than food. It's tragic, the guy who's 50, I don't eat broccoli. Now, if he tried broccoli today and it didn't sit with him, wonderful. But if he doesn't like it because he was one sick, that's, he was one six, that's tragic. That's tragic, so you don't, and there are people who stay like this, they're frozen in every aspect of their life. Trauma can do this to somebody. You see people who remain sex emotionally. But this also can free up trauma, the willingness, the lave busser, and the willingness to experience today, not to say today that I experienced it yesterday. I'm here today. I'm a present person. And to say to myself that I'm here today and I want to today ask myself about the experience of Rosh Hashanah. How tragic is it you have a 53-year-old man and his relationship to Rosh Hashanah is from the 10-year-old. He didn't even ask himself that as a 50-year-old I'm in a different place in my life and the day actually could be amazingly meaningful and even magical. I have many friends, my grandmother, Whose birthday, whose, whose, whose birthday we used to celebrate is Anyam Kippur, her favorite day of the year, very normal person who wasn't given to exaggerate hyperbole. Her best day of the year was her birthday was Yom Kippur. She loved it. She waited. She relished the day of Yom Kippur. It's to me, as I get older, that's like, it's pretty, it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yom Kippur is an incredible day. Now, it's true, a youngster would never feel this way, and I'm not trying to sell people, and if a guy struggles with a long day, so be it. But I, if he's struggling because the 10-year-old is long day, don't look now, he's not 10 anymore. The willingness to experience, and not to say I experienced it yesterday, what's today's <coughs> experience, and to re-experience it today. People have this with parents, with a parent that I experienced something as a youngster and I, I refuse to revisit. There's something tragic about not revisiting as an older person. And in Tyra, how many sugyas in Tyra are not revisited as an old? I know it already. Rev. Aaron David gets excited by a Rashi we read yes, a year ago because he's reading it again today and it makes sense. He's willing to read, and obviously, anybody reads an old Rashi, it means much different today. My experience is like, I fall in love with the Rashi in a whole new way, in a whole new set of experiences. Of course, like push it like that when you read the Torah, each year that we complete, we're getting near the end of the Torah. I'm very excited to read Duratius this year. I've made a lot of changes in my life. And I want a Daniel Kalish of this year. It's going to be Tavshin Pei Gimel Beza Hashem when we learn Duratius again. I want to meet Avram. It's not yesterday's Torah. And it, yesterday's Torah is really very not fresh. I don't care. Repeat the speech. Just you better be talking to me today. And when you talk to me today, I'll know. You're talking present. And by the way, you'll see different emotions and reactions because it's today. How would it be the same reaction? And if you don't see different reactions, and we've all been guilty of that, then you're repeating yesterday's Tyra. Boring. Lifeless. 
But if you're very present and willing to be present, I want to, I want to tell you something I learned during COVID. It was, it, was, it was something very, very fascinating that I learned during COVID and it changed my Yom Tovim. It changed, I had the best, probably Pesach, Shvuis, Lagba Omer, all these Chagim changed and it's, and it's been different since. I want you to hear this. By Pesach, should we listen to this? Pesach, so if everybody rewinds, COVID hit and Pesach came. And Pesach came, really, we, there was a lot of confusion. Everything had just been very new. And to watch everybody turn to Pesach in the middle of COVID was cool. Everybody was confused. Life had changed in a way we, most of us never saw in our life anything such dramatic change. Shuls closed, schools closed, neighbors, everybody holed up in our homes. Wacky world. And then Pesach hit. And to watch people under this unique condition accept Pesach, work on Pesach, under these unique new conditions was fascinating. And I discovered something then, Shui, that changed my life. I'm very into reading Holocaust books. It was something growing up. I, was, I grew up with a grandmother who was a survivor. And as such, I was very curious about the Holocaust and read a lot about it, tons of books. And my favorite part of the books, is an example. My favorite, from my favorite parts of the Holocaust books, were Yidden observing Yamim Tov from the Holocaust. The guy who lit the Hanukkah Neiris, what it looked like, crazy, how they ate matzah, doing mitzvah, Sidarim, Purim, Simchas Torah. Any account of a Yamtiv under those conditions was striking. It was like, are you kidding me? Very, very striking. Chaim, I want to say what I learned during COVID. So at the time, I just was amazed. Are you serious? You make a Pesach, you're reading matzah in a concentration camp? See, in the concentration camp, you're celebrating Pesach, Meshuggah, heroic, wow. During COVID, something hit me. What hit me, Chaim, is not that the Yid went to Pesach. I want you to, it's going to sound poetic words. I'm not, I'm saying something real. I thought that the story was in Auschwitz, the Yid went to Pesach. The real story is Pesach goes to Auschwitz. And I want to explain that to you. It's not just words. What I mean is that Pesach has what to say in Auschwitz. A Yomtev talks. A Yomtev says something. And where you are, the Yomtev talks to you. Rosh Hashanah is not like, it's true we prepare for a Yomtev. But the Yomtev comes to us also. That we go to the Yomtev and the Yomtev comes to us. So it's true we prepare for Rosh Hashanah. It's also true that what I'm going through in my life, Rosh Hashanah has what to say. It calls and beckons and speaks to us where we are. So you prepare for a yantiv most definitely, but the yantiv meets you too. It's called a mayat, a meeting place. It's not just you travel. So when I was a youngster reading these books, I was visualizing the Yid went to Pesach in Auschwitz. What I happened during COVID was Pesach came to the Yid. It said to me that this Pesach, it wasn't just in midst of our things, try to celebrate Pesach. I actually had a Pesach that had things to tell me in the situation I was in. And I celebrated, and it spoke to me. It was very, there was a lot of messages to somebody going through what we were going through. And Lag Ba'aymer, and Shruis, and it changed an approach to all Yam Taibim. 
as much as we go to the yanta, the yanta comes to us. I ask somebody, you have to be very present to do that. It's not leave COVID, leave the frustrations of your life. It's Rosh Hashanah. No, what does Rosh Hashanah say about the frustrations of your life? A guy's struggling amidst all his struggles and he's called by Hashem to blow a shofar and coronate Hashem. He's like, I'm not there. That's not where. So what does it say to a guy struggling? What does it say to a guy going through this? You know what thoughts are? If I am told to have Rosh Hashanah, if I am commanded, God said, I want you to blow a shofar and coronate me. God, <laughs> it's it chuckled. Do you, do you know where I am? Do you know what I'm doing? Yes, I want you to blow a shofar and coronate me. It has what to say to a guy in every condition. The story of the Yid who lit the Menorah in Auschwitz is not just the Yid left Auschwitz and lit a Menorah. It means that the Menorah said something to a Yid in Auschwitz. And even to a Yid under those conditions heard something and was spoken to and connected to a mitzvah. Mitzvah had what to tell him. Which of course he lit the Menorah and it spoke to him and it resonated by him. This point to be present with your mitzvahs, to, to, to accept and connect to Rosh Hashanah in a present way. I have watched guys for years, and I'm asking the guys, I'm not playing, a, I'm asking everybody here, that it's coming Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and I get it, you were once eight. Rosh Hashanah was extremely boring. I promise as a 16, 17, 18, and 25-year-old, and 35 and 47, could actually be magical if you are willing to come as a 47-year-old. I promise they're 40-year-olds who only bring their 8-year-old to shul. They don't update and ask and, and don't come present with their frustrations of present. If you come present, it can connect and relate in a very meaningful and real way. I had this mission, and together with the guys, we created a Tishabov that guys say is one of their most meaningful days of the year. And they're actually say about Tishabov that it matters. You could ask guys, normal people in Yeshiva, who are big giant fans who don't like missing the Sunday football game. Normal, regular guy, regular motions, says Tishabov's very meaningful, and dare say, I really appreciated the day. Normal people. There was something we connected and related and experienced on the day that was moving and meaningful. And Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as well, we have a possibility if we are willing to be present, if we are willing to say that it's true when I was a youngster, but, I'm, but there's something, what, what about today? We have that possibility. Will there also be that the kid will come to shul with us? Every father brings his youngster to shul. Every 40-year-old brings his inner youngster to shul. And the inner youngster will have feelings and is allowed to have those feelings. And we work through. But we also have a 40-year-old in shul. We also have an 18-year-old in shul. Let him come too. Let him experience it too. It's interesting. Anybody who tries to make a Cholomaya trip with a big family grapples that you have an 18-year-old and a 7-year-old. And you got to figure out the Cholomaya trip. So comes Rosh Hashanah. We have within ourselves, we have an 18-year-old and a 7-year-old, and you got to figure out Rosh Hashanah. And maybe you give the 7-year-old some nice breaks, but the possibility of connecting to a Chag 
in a meaningful, special way, to have pieces of davening that resonate by a person, to have the shayfer actually say something, the mitzvah daraisa actually say something to him. My first, my, what, I, what I say to guys, and the first approach of anything before we get to the emotional, to our, what resonates by us, is to find that our obligation. Step one. What does God want me to do? All the other things come from our responsibilities. The first thing I would say to a Bach Rosh Hashanah is to make sure he hears the shayfer. That's the mitzvah daraisa, that's mitzvah sayayim, is to make sure, before he even, make sure that he hears the blow of the shayfer. There are 30 blasts he has to hear, it's a mitzvah daraisa, to hear those 30 blasts, and to make sure he hears, that's a mitzvah daraisa. I would advise a guy to study stuff about the shofar, to study, to see what resonates, find out what a chazal, what a svarim write, listen to speeches about it, look up and be curious. This was my tzivoy. Now I want to study my command and then I misspine and I think it's so interesting. Hashem and Shul wanted me to come and he wants me to hear this horn blown. It's a mitzvah daraisa. I'm a loyalist to Hashem. And my mitzvah starts there identifying the mitzvah, identifying my, my obligation. Very, very much, not all things are equal. Different people have different sitting powers to even find out the most important things to say. The Rosh Hashanah davening that has three parts, I want to talk about the three parts, Malchias, Zichroinais, and Shifras. Three aspects that we're busy with on Rosh Hashanah. It's a very fascinating day. And there are two things that don't seem to have Shaychas. It's, it's confusing. And the davening has three parts. Malchias, Zechreinus, and Shaifras. We say Temp Sukkim in the Torah. Three from Torah, three from Nevi'im, three from Ksuvim. And then a tenth Pasuk. Could be from various places. We say Temp Sukkim about Malchias. Ten psukim about zechreinus, ten psukim about shayfris. It's very, very interesting. There's two things going on in Rosh Hashanah that seem unrelated. I'm a guy, I don't do two things well at once at all. I, I'm very poor at that. If I'm involved in one thing and somebody tries to distract me, I'm just weak at that. I get into one thing and that's what I'm into. Another, if I'm watching a basketball, I'm watching Hootie's game, I'm just a very poor guy to schmooze with that and I'm watching the game. <laughs> One thing at a time. I don't do two things. Uh, p- parents have come to varsity games that I'm like orangutan in. What about my son's life? I try to be polite. I'm like, shake. I'm just trying to watch the game. Like, I really just want to... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about that. <laughs> well, your son's future matters to me. I don't... We will talk to your son. Then we're not watching the game. I, I don't... Now, should I work on myself? I'm trying. But I'm into one thing. Rosh Hashanah is hard that there are two things going on. It's dizzying. The day itself seems to be like Hashem, like two for the price of one. Why couldn't we have two different days? There's something called Malchias that were Mamlich Hashem. It's day of the coronation of Hashem. That's Malchias. And Rosh Hashanah is about coronating Hashem. It's one aspect of Rosh Hashanah. A second aspect is Zechreinus, is we're being judged. It's like, it almost seems that God is doing one thing and we're doing something else. Could you imagine, we, in the yeshiva, we have faced days, great days of judgment. We've had government come down and do 
and do inspections that the question was, do they shut us down permanently or the survival of the yeshiva? We had days like that. Could you imagine they're walking around? We've had CDC and government agencies walking around with pads and pens, and they're deciding on the future of the yeshiva. So just ignore it. Just ignore it. You just do your thing. Do my thing. All I'm thinking about, I promise, I'm a guy who only does one thing. All I'm thinking about is, is their judgment. That's, I, I assure you, there was no, ju- just say that, you know, you know, sometimes the yeshiva like do dinner videos. They'll video Muslim. Rabbi say you just. <laughs> I'm thinking about. Come, let's all be honest. The bacher is sitting here. He knows the video is going out. He's making sure he looks good. Who's gonna see it? You know, he's, he's a lot on his mind. I want, you make sure you know, ignore the, ignore me like I'm not here. Go ahead. I always wondered. You ever wondered what are those called the the the, the movies. What are those movies called where it's um, like a guy's life, like documentary. documentary? I always wondered how real is a documentary? Just act like yourself. <laughs> and millions of people are going to watch you and see and judge you. And, but just be yourself. <laughs> like how real a documentary could be. How do they do that? <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> but how real could it be? If they're videoing him to show and he knows their, sh- their cameras, what? But he knows. No, I'm talking the documentaries where they video. Yeah, how? But just be yourself and millions of people watch. Like, Momo, is it possible to be real? You can bring your bad date to Crusader. It's like reality television. Like reality television. Elio, could reality television ever be reality? Like, I don't know that, that what it would take to be natural, knowing that it's being videoed and millions are watching. Could it ever be natural? I don't know how it's possible. You'd have to be... If you know it's being videoed, know it's being broadcast, know everybody's watching, your mother's watching, your brother's watching, your friends, but just be natural. I hear, I hear. I'll try. It's not that possible to just be natural. To say just ignore me, except your mother's going to watch this, except your brother, but ignore me. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody could do that. It's difficult. Rosh Hashanah Hashem is judging us. He's judging. But he says to us, don't respond, ignore that I'm judging you. It's wild. You know we do no tshuva on Rosh Hashanah, but we're being judged. So please ignore me. Don't, don't pay it. Don't mind me. Um, don't <laughs> you know, if, if guys ever are, ever the picture of playing base, of sports, picture a baseball coach, like tryouts for a team. The picture of baseball tryouts, what's the guy running the tryouts? He always has a chalkboard. He has like a thing he's writing and he always has sunglasses. You can't see his eyes. There's something to that. It's a deep word. In any video, movie, picture, I'm very into pictures. The picture of baseball tryouts is the coach with sunglasses on, the tinted sunglasses. The verse, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know, and he's writing, writing in his notes. And I, I can't even like read his eyes. It's tinted glasses you can't see. That's the picture. And it's just, you guys just play your whole, are you making varsity? I'm, the, the kid's dreaming for 15 years about the team. You just play. The worst basketball we have in yeshivas, we didn't do tryouts this year. I eliminated it. 
It's the worst basketball ever in the history of basketball is tryouts. Because they're being watched, judged. You can't play normal. You, you just can't play normal. They're fouling, tackling. You know? You're not playing smooth and flowing because you're, you're being judged. So what we do is, we, this way we had no, we had tournaments. We never had a tryout. And then we just looked at guys playing ball and decided. At the point it was Chala's tryouts, you have not normal basketball. Menachem, you mask, what were you saying, Momo? Isn't it the same like if they're playing an actual game of varsity, there's a lot of people watching that also? It's true, it's true, but the, here you're practically being judged. Are you, is your dream happening? They already, you're on the team, okay? So people, are, you're playing hard. The judgment and the decision and, and how much is at stake is like, it makes it very hard. Hashem is judging on Rosh Hashanah, Ophir. He's judging us. So what should we be do, busy doing? Getting judged. How does it look like if somebody's judging? It looks as I'm sorry, Hashem. Please be my... Ignore me. Don't pay, pay no mind. <laughs> I'm judging, pay no mind. You coronate me as king. We are not on the same page and I'm asked to be like oblivious. I'm coronating as king, but he's judging me. And he's judging me on past behavior. I want to say, I'm so sorry. You're not even allowed to say you're sorry on Rosh Hashanah. Every instinct to say, Hashem, I won't sin. I know I messed up. Uh, uh, ignore me. We are not on the same page. God's judges were coronating. What, what, what is he asking me? So ignore him. Just ignore me. Be yourself. Except uh, you're judging me. And to figure out, those are two aspects of Rosh Hashanah. Malchiais is our being mamlech Hashem. And Zichroinus is the memories that Hashem is judging. So and our point. deeds. I'm asking how do we, but our, we're busy with Malchius. We acknowledge that he's judging, mm. but we don't respond but we, with Malchius and Zichroinus. <laughs> What's happening here? He, we're coronating, he's judging. We're coronating, he's judging. We're, are we not on the same page? What's happening, Rabbi Say? Yeah. So what? So what? So what do you want to answer? You want to say that that alone? If I do a good job being mom, the baseball coach is judging you on your previous games, and then right now he's saying just go play, and you'll have a much easier time playing if he's judging you on right now. So Momo says the best response to judgment is to be mom Hashem. If I if I mom Hashem is the best response to judgment, better than any apologies and regrets and sorries is the is the behavior of now. That's a very good answer. That's a very good answer. Very good answer. Right? Is that it? you like his answer? Do you like it? Somebody and this is going to be broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're That's a very excellent question. That's a very, very intelligent. I want to I say that I don't want to give an answer. I will not give an answer to this because I want guys to be present. I want you to think about this. Hashem is mamlechas. I mean, we are mamlech Hashem and he judges us. What happened here? 
I'm asking the guys to think about this. This, this question will bring you to good places. There are three tasks to the day, Malchias, Zechreinus, and Shifras. And where does Shifra fit into this? What's fascinating is, what's fascinating is the Shifra is supposed to have both aspects. And the Shifer, we Allah Hashem Betrua, the Shifer is the coronation of the king, and the Shifer signifies as well, the Rambam says, Tshuva. So it's fascinating that the Shifer somehow brings both things together. What Hashem does and what we do, Hashem is judging, we are coronating, and the Shifer is supposed to somehow... Be, Connect both things by Mebbe Shaifer. The Shaifer both is the way we coronate Hashem, and the Shaifer the Rambam says both arouses us to Chilva. Very, very interesting two, two aspects. I'm not coming to answer. I am coming to say that our, find out our tasks of the day, what we're supposed to be busy with. So, first we have the Mitzvah Daraisa. The Mitzvah Daraisa is to hear the Shaifer, do your Mitzvah. The prayers of Malchias, Zechreinus, and Shaifer say the Shman Esrei. It is the longest Shman Esrei of the year, and certainly to try to be there for Shman Esrei is very important. What we do, Rabbi say, what we do with our Tekiyas, the reason we have the reason we have thirty sounds is we're supposed to have a Tekiya true and a Tekiya for Malchias, a Tekiya true a Tekiya for Shaifer, a Tekiya true a Tekiya for Zechreinus. Those three facets of the day, Malchias, Zechreinus, and Shifras, and we need a Tkiyah, Chua, Tkiyah for each. By Nusach Svard, during the private Shman Esrei, Nusach Svard, during the private Shman Esrei, we've had Bachram and Yeshiva who were waiting, they stopped Shman Esrei, we've had guys who were waiting a long time, they were waiting for the Shifer. We had guys who were used to Svard, and they were waiting for the Shaifer during the private Shemnesri. The guy waited a long time because we do Nosach Ashkenaz. We don't blow it during the private Shemnesri. But not just Svard, even Nosach Svard does this, right? Chassidim, Nosach Svard blows the Shaifer during the private, quiet Shemnesri. I have seen it. People daven. And they do Malchias, and during private Shemun Esrei, there's, a tki, there's, three, there's the blast. Where am I up to? How do I, what do you mean? Does you pause? No, there's no calling out. Law. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> it's confusing. Now, Ashkenaz you. doesn't do this. By Nusach Ashkenaz, we do it by Chazar Sashatz. By the reviewing of the Shemun Esrei, when the Chazan Davin, so we have the blast. Now, the reason there are 30 blasts, that should have been nine, is because we don't know what a tkiya true and a tkiya are. There are three shitas, what those three sounds are. There's one sheet that's a tkiya, true as the way we have the true, that broken sound, and, and, and a tkiya. There's, there's three shitas, either tkiya true or tkiya. It's either tkiya shvarim tkiya. It's a Shiloh what a trua is. There are two types of cries. So it could be, uh, 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 or it could be, da, 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 da. it's two types of cries. One is like a groan, oy, 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 and one is like <laughs> a sobbing. It's two types of cries. There's deep points to what those two cries are. And one sheet is that it's both cries. So tkiya, shvarim, trua tkiya. So there's 10 sounds to get the three sounds. 
We're not sure what those three sounds are, Daraisa. We need ten blows. We do a tkiya, true tkiya, tkiya, shvarim tkiya, tkiya, shvarim, true tkiya. We do ten sounds to get our three sounds. And then we do it for Malchus, Zechreinus, and Shifris, which equal 30 sounds. We have 30 sounds to do Adaraisa. Step one is to listen to the 30 sounds. Do your Adaraisa, be a loyalist. God commanded, we do. Step two is to study what's the Shifer about, and then to ask what resonates by you, what idea is being said that resonates by you. What does the Shifer say to you? No matter what it says to you, be present. I want to say that so many guys have come to yeshiva and re-establish a connection, whether they're here for an hour of davening or two hours or eight hours, have re-established like a good connection to Rosh Hashanah, to its davening, to its prayers, to the mitzvah sayyim. And this art of not relating to something the way I did when I was six and to update it. And if I'm 19, not relating why I was when I was 18, I'm ready to try to make a new relationship as a 19-year-old, is an art that's necessary in Limerat Torah. It's an art that's necessary in, in bonding with Yom Tovim. It's an art that's necessary for all of life, of relating to somebody as I am now, not with yesterday's person. There's somebody here today. So... My tkea shayfer, my horn to everybody, the sound I want to make a calling to everybody is to relate as a person of now. Now I want to say that this seems like a, like a nice agenda, Kalish. Very nice, you're getting everybody give to Rosh Hashanah. I want to say that the very day of Rosh Hashanah is about ischadshos, freshness, newness. Rosh Hashanah, a new year, a new aschala. The very day calls a person to newness. And the willingness to be present and update and connecting of today, I could have given this speech about every yomtiv. I could say, and it rings true on Pesach, it rings true on Tishvah. To say this on Rosh Hashanah is, is not just true for Rosh Hashanah, it's actually the calling of a day that calls a person to Eschadshus. Rosh Hashanah is about a new beginning. Hashem gives us an opportunity, there's an opportunity of Rosh Hashanah, an opportunity of a new beginning. I coronate Hashem as my Melech, and He allows Himself to be coronated, and this touches a lot of what Momo asked, what David was curious about, Hashem is judging, and I'm coronating. Half of the way, the way to win judgment is to ever be new, to ever be fresh. It's the willingness to advance, the willingness to get out of the muck. The willingness to push forward and advance, that's the very essence of tshuva, is that a person can move forward and isn't stuck. So the very essence of the day is to be mamlech Hashem, ever fresh, ever new, ever... And that's the, the school of Sayyim. If I had to say what's the, what, what is the most possible of the day, if somebody wants, every yomtiv has something you could tap into, I would say Rosh Hashanah you could tap into Nunas. It's the first day of the year and the possibility. I love and understand Minhagim are holy. Everybody calls people wishing a good new year. We've all already started getting those calls. The early birds have already given the call. It's, I love it. Family chasnas. There's always like the great uncle who has like his pants too high up, who's there like an hour early. I had my nephew's chasna in Israel. If you know about guys like me, I'm the guy who could be there like an hour. I was at the chasna like before my sister, before... I, I was the uncle, me and my wife, and because I have a propensity to be very late, us late guys can come very early. 
because we're always like afraid, so we make sure to be there. I literally was at the Chasna, Avram, I was that great uncle. I was the uncle, like, they are like, way too early, like, what's he doing here now? I was like, try not to be in the way of the pictures and everything. But, um, why was I, I've got him why I was speaking, I got so excited by the Chasna, but... Um, Minhagim are very, very, Minhagim are extremely, extremely important. Minhagim, I was talking about people being there very early. So that great uncle might be calling you already about Rosh Hashanah, the early birds. All right. So you're getting early calls. It's very cool, Avram, that people vench. They wish each other, gebench to your good besurus. These calls to each other and the sense that it's a new judgment, a new year, a new opportunity, a new mazel. The beautiful calls that people don't be a guy who's so shallow and doesn't have a lave busser. It's so cool. These calls are fascinating. A hardened person is not making these calls. It, that, that we're such a fresh and young people before a new year. Should be a gebench to your good besurais. Could, you know, you tell an old guy like locked into bad patterns, negative thoughts, good besurais, like, buddy, like not. No, there's a new chance, a new din, a new day, a new opportunity. Hischadshos, freshness. New start, new din, new gzeira. Everything's fresh and new. A tremendous schoolless hasman is the possibility of being new. A tremendous, what lies in Rosh Hashanah is an opportunity for a fresh approach, for a newness. So when, when this, it's true, this speech about re-giving it a chance could be said about every Chag, and it should be said about every single Chag, but I want to say on Rosh Hashanah, it's not another point about the Chag. The very Chag is as man, that's a school as man is known as Rosh Hashanah. It's a new day with a new Gzeira, with a new Ming Mam Hashem. But he's starting his kingdom now, yeah, in a certain way, there's a sense today is the beginning. Today is a beginning and an opportunity to create a beginning that lies in the day. So when I'm calling guys to be ever fresh and to say to take a guy of now and try to connect to it, being old is the antithesis of Rosh Hashanah. And coming to the, oh, that boring day, that was last year. That was so last year, the boring day. Yes, you were once a kid. Rosh Hashanah itself calls you and say you're a person of today. The very Shaifer says, wake up today. Listen today. Today, to be a person who's willing to be present and willing to say, to ask himself, what's my relationship to this today? So I'm asking the guys together, we're going to make a Rosh Hashanah here. Maybe you're in some shuls where it's interesting in Waterbury, in some shuls you might be, shul has Rosh Hashanah, and you're either going or not. We make the davening together, it's you and me. And we're going to create, and I ask the guys together, let's create a beautiful tefillah. We'll sing together, we'll bond to it together. I want to say that there's two aspects to Rosh Hashanah. And they might even reflect in the two things going on. We're Mam Hashem and he's judging. The judging brings up a lot of yira. That's scary. Deciding for the year, that's, that's frightening. Everything, our health for the year, there's an aspect of yira. Mam Hashem is tremendously happy. I know, we sing, maybe the highlight to me, we sing, I know, Abdo the Kudshabrichu, Abde Hashem. Being Mam Hashem, purpose and meaning, we're the Am Hashem in Melech Bulayam. 
And there's a very happy aspect to the day and a very scary aspect to the day. I grew up in a world where the davening very much highlighted fear. Very much the, the, the day was about Yerushalayim. Very, very much. And my Rebbe was very serious. He didn't sing at Kemat, not at all. And it highlighted Yerushalayim. There's a whole new davening. People in Uman have, have, know about this. And there's a whole davening that's very, very freiluch, that's happy and optimistic. Both sides agree that both aspects are true. I'm going to tell you a word from the Chayza of Lublin that's incredible, Gersh. Don't get me in trouble for saying this over. But the Gemara says that in Ikvesad Mashiach, in the times of Mashiach, it says, Yere Hashem Yim'asu. People who fear Hashem are going to be disgusted in. So Pashapshat, it sounds like in the times of Mashiach, like Yere Shemaim is going to be despised. That's Pashapshat. Mashiach times, people are going to hate Yere Shemaim. That's Pashup Shat in the Gemara saying what a terrible generation. Dubi, you know what the Chayz of Lublin said? He said that there's going to be a tremendous push to Avas Hashem over Yiras Hashem. So it doesn't mean a negative thing. It means Yiras Hashem Yamasu, people are going to say that the main approach to connect to Hashem is Avas Hashem and they're right. That's the Chayz of Lublin already, like Mamish and Avua. That's the Chayz of Lublin said. So I want to say that there's a tremendous aspect of the prayer that's going to be positive, that's going to reflect the happy and positive sense for Avdei Hashem, which is very, very Rosh Hashanadik. It's very, very important aspect of the day. There is an aspect of Yira that certainly will be reflected, but there's two aspects. And Avas, a, a very, very exciting aspect of being Mam Hashem. I would say, I dare say, the davening in Yeshiva is going to more reflect that aspect of the day. I think that resonates by a generation today. I think there's sources, there's sources in Svarim for such an aspect. The tremendous Simcha, the tremendous joy of being Avdei Hashem. The tefillahs will more reflect that aspect of the day. In many ways, that itself is our Iker task. Hashem is judging and we are coronating. Coronating is a happy, it's not sad. Hashem's the Melech. There's fire. The tekiah sound itself is very, very happy. The true is a cry. And it really reflects the day, happy and scared, it reflects the day. It happens to be, for anybody keeping score at home, there are two happy sounds surrounding a sad sound. Tkiya, true, tkiya, it's two to one. Winner, who wins? The happy sound. It's interesting, the dual aspects of the day, our task, tkiya is known as a very powerful and upbeat sound. A true is a cry, a tkiah is, is a shout of joy, of exhilaration. A tkiah is a positive sound, a trua is a, is, a, is, a, is a wailing. And I want to say that the ikr of the yaim is a tremendous simcha of being mamluch, of coronating Hashem, is a, a, a people who have a purpose, we are the avde Hashem. Anu Amecha, we are your nation, we're your people. The davening will very reflect a very cheerful, positive davening. It has, 
it has a seriousness. We're not lost to us that it's yoyim, that it's a yoyim hadin, but it, but the, the, our avoda being mamlech Hashem, this positive task that we have a mission, we have a purpose that will be reflected in the prayers. So I ask everybody not just to join the davening, to create the davening. We'll create the davening together. I'm almost like asking. Our hands are all in the middle now. On three, like Wolfpack on three, Rosh Hashanah on three. That will all together create a very very beautiful. Davening together is the task. The task always of Rosh Hashanah is to be present and new. To try to graduate from yesterday's feeling. I was once eight. It's true. You were once eight in Rosh Hashanah. Again, I don't say it's not long. I say with, with maturity, take breaks. Take your eight-year-old out. I like a guy to take a break. I've already seen a guy in too long. Go out. No, no, take a break. It's Kedai to find out. Some guys stay in at the wrong parts. Find out. Ask somebody, where's the halacha? This. It's important like to base, like to know what's going on. So a guy with a sophisticated way, he wants to be there for Shafer. He asks, where can I go out? We do attempt. During the 30 sounds, it's important not to talk. Tear all 30 sounds of your daraisa. That's certainly, certainly important. There's a hush of it in you. And if a guy could do it, not talk from the first blast till the hundredth blast, that's mamish, very, very chashev, to hear all a hundred sounds. The daraisa is 30 sounds. Midrabanam, we blow 60. Chavivas hamitzvahs, because we're born for mitzvahs, so we blow 60 blasts. We blow 30 right away, even before we did Malchus, Sechernes, and Shafras. We blow 60 blasts. We have a minute of 40 more. If a guy is quiet the whole time from the first blast to the last one, Ashrei Chelkei. If a guy at the very minimum could do the 60 sounds, that's a long time. To be quiet for all 60 sounds means the beginning. You can ask somebody when the 60 sounds ends. If a guy could be for the first 30, that's the halacha. So the first 30, it's not very long. The first 30 sounds, that's the halacha, not to talk. From the bracha till after the 30 sounds, that's pashat, he should hear. And b'yaitzah, his daraisa of the tkiyas, of the shayfer, that's tremendously, tremendously important. That's a starting point of his mitzvah. To also make sure to say the shmanesri, malchias, sechrenis, and shayfers. To say those psokim about each one is extremely, extremely important. Be'ezer Hashem, we will have more, learn more tomorrow about some of the davening of Rosh Hashanah. I want to continue tomorrow. I want to talk about Erev Rosh Hashanah, which is going to be Sunday morning. We're going to say slichas together, B'Rayv Am. So we'll yeah, talk about it. Yes, Shekhar, for voice. There'll be a minion for Mencha now, for everyone. What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you about davening in